0: Hello and welcome to Composer Chat, a podcast where we talk a little about music, a little about life, and a whole lot about whatever nonsense happens to come up otherwise. I'm your host, Jason Nitsch, and each week I am joined by one of my favorite composers out there in the world. It's my show, so that's why it's my favorite composers who get the invites, and you're just going to have to live with that. Stick around, we're going to do a deep dive with some of the most creative people in the world. You're listening to Composer Chat. So um, so talk talk a little bit about uh, about your origin story in music. like, how' did you get into music to begin with? What was your first music making like?
1: Well, it started um, kind of quicker than I ever would have expected. I um, my, I, I tell this story quite often, but I, my brother, my older brother left his trumpet sitting on our orange couch because it was the 70s we're talking about, so this bright orange oh. couch. He left it sitting there, and I uh, was like, "Hey, what is this thing? You know, how does this work?" And he's like, "Well, you can get, put your lips together like this and buzz and see what happens." And I did, and it seemed to go pretty easily. And um, I guess I was nine then. And then, uh, before I knew it, the next summer I was at Interlochen for summer camp. Um, of course, I'd never heard of it, but my dad had discovered it and was like, "Hey, you should go to this place." And so. I uh, sat sat down in what's called the junior orchestra up there, a bunch of ten year olds. I'm sorry, did you ever go to Interlochen? Do you know things you know about I, it or... I I did not. So, you in the most rustic of sheds, like outdoor kind of amph- amphitheater, right. and we sit down. The conductor's like four foot ten, I'm, I kid you not, lovely woman, and she starts rehearsing. Um, what is that Russian sailors dance. Yep. and I felt like I was just my ears were on fire like what is this music you know with violins and cellos and all this sort of thing I'd never seen before and I got first chair, so I got to play all the cool parts and um and then just kept going from there I kept going to interlocking every summer and just playing more and more repertoire playing in the orchestra playing in the band I went, I ended up going there for high school. And, um, what I realized in hindsight, of course, the best part about it is you're amongst people who are like you or who have the same interests. Right. So right. you're just geek, you're geeking out about music, talking about conductors, talking about best recordings of this and <laughs> best trumpet player who did this and blah, blah, blah. And you're, you know, you're just digging in. Yeah. And so I was just loving it. And, um, and trumpet just happened to be something I could do. And so it was, um, fun to keep I, I still remember to this day when i was at the academy so interlocking arts academy for high school and every monday so we play a concert every two weeks um i kid you not when i was 14 the first thing on my music stand was sastakovich's first symphony <laughs> and it started <laughs> i'm 14 years old and you know right. i don't know the i don't know the difference and it says there's this lick at the on the first line it says solo and it's like <laughs> Da, da, ya, bu, 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 whatever I'm singing in the wrong key, but um, and I was hooked. I mean, it's just like, and so we would do a concert every Sunday, and Monday morning they would put the folders of the new music for the next cycle mm, in the
0: uh-huh. gymna-
1: in the gymnasium. And I kid you not, every Monday morning, before the lights were even on in that gymnasium, like seven or eight in the morning, I would run to find my folder to see what next piece of music that I'd never heard of before was going to be played that next concert. I couldn't wait. I would always scan the music and look for the word solo and because I, I just really wanted to play all the, the fun part. Anyway. So uh even, I didn't even know what was happening, but just all this great music was being put on my music stand week after week after week after week. And so um I don't know, I think I've gone past the point of your question, but I was, I was hooked probably from the age of, 12 or 13 on I knew it was something I was enjoying and I just kept following that path as far as I could
0: wow yeah what a great what a great experience so is was there any part of that experience as a student as a performer that made you think you wanted to to also write the answer is unequivocally no Ah, really <laughs>
1: unequivocally unequivocally whatever the word is um i had no dreams about composing wow I was, um i was going to be a trumpet player until i was 80 years old i i wanted to i mean it's an obnoxious story to tell because of course the odds of this happening are crazy but i wanted to be in the chicago symphony I and mean, i grew up in chicago yeah. i listened to bud Hur- bud herseth all my childhood i listened to that fabulous brass section I listened to recording after recording after recording after recording and that was my dream someday to be a part of something like that so um when I was you know I went to college at New England Conservatory studying trumpet I got a job uh, in an orchestra when I was 21 down in Florida and still at that point it was all about um, playing for as long as I possibly could and then uh and this will be part of a different discussion i don't know when you want to go there but i started arranging music by happenstance and that's sort of what that's where everything changed
0: just a little took me took me in a different path arranging is like is a gateway drug to composing. it is
1: yep because it already sounds it already sound good like the the tune is there right and, and you know that everybody already loves that tune that's why you're arranging it and so it's like kind of false like you really didn't do the work what you did that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. So, no. Oh, no, um, I, yeah. I, I relate to that quite a lot. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. So, okay, so you were doing a lot of arranging. Um, what's what's the first thing original of yours you remember doing?
1: Well, um a story behind that. I when I so I arranged for a few years, let's say 22, 23, 24, those are my ages, I'm arranging music. And then I found out about a class being taught at Northwestern University. Um, and I'm from Chicago, and I was home every summer. Hmm. So I went I went to this class at Northwestern um, called Adventures in Bad Music. It ah. was run, run by one of the Northwestern composition profs. Um, and I don't know if it was something he did a lot or just came up with it one summer, but it worked for me. Uh, he had a bunch of us in a room, 15 of us, that uh, talked about bad music every day. We just went in there and this guy over here would say, oh, my gosh, I hate that piece of music. And we'd talk about whether we thought it was bad or whether he was crazy or whether we all agreed it was bad. And so we we would just do that and we'd read books, you know, all these philosophical books about music and stuff like that. So anyway, our final assignment was to write a bad piece of music, um, to compose, purposefully compose a bad piece of music. And I um, actually did a class just earlier today and you weren't there. So it sounds to me like I'm repeating myself because I told this story earlier today, <laughs> but um, uh, I, I was like, well, I've, I've never written anything in my life. So this should be easy to write a bad piece of music. Yeah. Uh, never written anything original. So I wrote a trumpet duet um, about a bike trip I had taken earlier that summer. And I guess it was a little bit programmatic, but I, I tried not to use any props, meaning I didn't use a piano. Mm. I didn't try to rework anything. I just sat down and wrote a trumpet duet using just pencil and paper and going from left to right and putting a double bar at the end. Yeah. And so we went in and played it for the class. Um, the bike trip was from Milwaukee to Evanston, Milwaukee, Wisconsin to Evanston, Illinois. And so I called it mil genius title. Great title. Right? And um, we played played it for the class, and thanks to one person who, after we played the piece, he raised his hand and he said, Hey, Jim, that wasn't a bad piece of music. That was actually pretty cool. And because he said that, that's why I'm sitting here talking to you today. Because that gave me sort of like reverse confidence to try to write better music the next time, right? Um,
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So I... So that was Opus 1. Uh it's never been heard or seen again, but that was Opus 1. And the uh, <laughs> next thing I wrote, next thing I wrote was a brass quintet and I just kind of kept kept going from there and and uh then people
0: started having me write more and more. So here I am. <laughs> wow. Okay, well, for season 2 I'm going to have you back and we're going to talk only about um bad music. Okay. That's going to that's going to that's going to be uh next season's topic. That's really that's fascinating.
1: It's a great topic. It really makes you think.
0: Yeah. Okay. So um, what then would have been like your first piece, first original piece that was maybe like a, a big commission or a big performance or like something really significant, you know, that made you sort of, sort of (laughs) think, you know, I could really write this could really be career writing could be my, my thing.
1: Can I give like a two or three part answer
0: to that? Yes, I'll edit out the parts I don't like.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, then you're then you're going to edit out this whole
0: conversation.
1: <laughs> I had a lovely chat with Jim. You're not going to hear
0: any of it, but it was great. And thanks um, to my guest Jim Stevenson for <laughs> for joking. ninety seconds of material. No, no, yeah, no, yes. Let's hear them all. Um,
1: so, one of the first. One of my first compositions ended up being an orchestral piece. Uh, So this is probably like Opus 5. I haven't kept track, but I wrote a piece. uh, We were doing a Halloween concert in my orchestra, and I went to the management, and I said, can I write a piece based on The Legend of Sleepy Hollow? And um, and they said yes. So it was not a big commission, so you can cross that one off the list. It was basically, basically like me just oh, let's let Jim have a chance at writing for orchestra. You know, isn't that cute kind of thing? Our trumpet (laughs) player wants. Uh, So I, but what was, what I really discovered was, um, so I spent the summer at a music festival somewhere and I really did a lot of research. You know, of course I read the story, but I really got into like trying to figure out how I could make the piece of music, like just real, like, you know, represent the, the, the sleepy hollow area of new york so i used folk songs from that area and i used some hymns from that area and just all the things i did i I wanted them to be legit i didn't want to just write a nonsensical piece or whatever i i I wanted to have to have reference points and that part of it was just so fun for me and then um when we played it in the orchestra um, that was the first time i was ever thought to myself like Kind of sounds legit to me. Right, and it sounds like a good piece of music, and yeah. I've heard a lot of I've heard a lot of music, and I'm not hating this. So that was that was kind of <laughs> um that was kind of my first, at least maybe there's something there kind of moment. And then, um, so that's answer number one. And then the the two other ones that I'll name, I mean, I could name a bunch as we all could, but the two other ones that were early on in my career was a um, trumpet sonata. And the reason that's important was because it was the first time I really was kind of commissioned by somebody else to write a piece for my instrument that wasn't Mm. for me. That wasn't for me. Yeah. It was like, I had to get outside of my own boundaries of my own weaknesses and strengths of trumpet and write for somebody else. Sure. And so that I still remember to this day kind of being forced to expand my horizons. And so that was my first trumpet sonata. And it kind of, At the time it kind of hit well, a lot of trumpet players played it, a lot of trumpet players recorded it, and so I had at least some external evidence that other people liked it as well. And then, again, sticking with the trumpet story, uh, then I had my first trumpet concerto, where a friend of mine literally challenged me and said, all right, I've got this project for you. Uh, It's going to be up in Boston and I want you to dig deep and write music. I've heard some of your other music. Uh, This is Jeff Work, by the way. He's principal trumpet in Oregon, dear friend of mine. And um, he's like, I've heard your other music. I like it, but I need you to dig deeper. I need you to, Mm -hmm. you know, let's let's find something more. I know you got it, Jim. Let's find it. Challenge accepted. Yeah. right. And so um, early on, that was probably my first uh, experience with writing a piece that I really felt good about that the soloists felt good about the orchestra when we premiered it, they were all very complimentary. Maybe they were just being nice. I don't know. But anyway, that went well and the critics seemed to like it. So it was just kind of one of those things where I got enough positive feedback from different sources where I thought, huh, maybe there's something to be explored here. So those uh, kind of, kind of trumpet related stories, but they, you know, we all kind of go with what we knew and that's what launches us into other things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Um, yeah. <clears throat> do you, um, I, I always ask this question and I get a variety of answers and non answers, but other than you and me, obviously, who, um, is there somebody yeah. out there that you, um, that you follow that's writing you know, today that you think is doing like uh, really creative work? Somebody that maybe, you know, isn't on the the big radar yet somewhere. Um,
1: that's a hard can I tell you why that's a hard question for me to answer? It's a hard question for lots of people to answer. Because first of all, if I start naming names and somebody listens to this and they're not listed, they're gonna be like, right.
0: oh,
1: come on. Jim, I'm I'm your good buddy. Or, you know, we I I bought you dinner last night. Why aren't you mentioning it? You, me? you could just you so, just say no
0: and and then you're covered.
1: Well, I'm I am gonna say no because what I'm gonna say instead is that every piece of music I hear, there's something I gain from it. Mm. Um, there's for me, there's always something that every composer I ever go, every concert I go to, there's something that are like, I didn't create that. How did they do that? I want to figure out either how they did that or make sure I don't ever do that. You know, you, it goes both ways, right? You hear yeah, something yeah. Like, Oh, that didn't work for me. So I'm not going to do that. But usually right. it's like, that is a sound I haven't heard before. I'm going to try to, put that into my memory bank and see if I might do something along those lines at some point and see what I might do to it.
0: Yeah. Um, Usually it's what's making that sound. I got to figure out what they're using to make that sound so I can write it into something.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's usually percussion something.
1: And, but I am a curious listener. I mean, I, if I'm on the social medias and somebody posts something, I'll quickly listen to it and see, uh, they're doing i'm I'm always curious what people are up to so um i would you know if anybody happens to listen to this talk i would just suggest everybody do a lot of listening because there's a lot of stuff out there
0: oh yeah no there's there's tons and a lot of really good stuff out there so
1: yeah for sure do
0: you um what's what are some like you have some big projects on your bucket list that you're working on right now or things you'd like to do that you haven't gotten done
1: well, what I've discovered um recently uh again I'm repeating myself from a class I did earlier today, but you weren't there,
0: so I'm gonna say it again.
1: You didn't invite uh, I, me. I would
0: have come. Uh,
1: well, it was in here it was in Chicago. Would you have come?
0: I'm always happy to, to visit Chicago. I can go to the Eleven City Diner. <laughs> I can go see the I can go to go to the museum and see the see the Sunday in the park painting. Right. Go see the Cobbs play, maybe. No, no, no. I, I, I grew up in Houston. I, I I was an Astros fan. The Cubs mm-hmm. are the mortal enemies. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. 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 So the Astros? Yeah. Why? Oh, Okay. I don't know. It was the it was the heyday of the Astros. It was it was Craig Biggio and Jeff Bagwell, but it was like we always yeah. had to play, oh, uh, it's Greg Maddox again and it's uh who's that other guy? Uh it was another really good pitcher that was that it's always that's Chicago. That's it. and
1: that's so, so funny that you say that, because when you mentioned Biggio and, and Bagwell, those were the guys who always killed them.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> we feel the opposite about one another. Yeah. It's like, cow, we always <laughs> so have to so play scary. the Cubs. Why do we always lose to the Cubs? So, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I'll go tell your to? story. You were going to Why tell another I... story that I didn't get to hear this morning. <laughs>
1: what was the question? It was about
0: bucket lists or future, oh, um, yeah, yeah. future to-do lists. Yeah.
1: what what i've discovered in recent years um and since i've mentioned the legend of sleepy hollow already this follows that in that um i do love telling stories with music i I, I really like i like when somebody brings something to me that i otherwise haven't thought about and they say hey here's something run with it and so what that means is um a couple years ago i wrote a ballet um I had the time of my life, like somebody handing me a script of stick figures of dancers, and I had to come up with come up with the music. That was a blast.
0: Oh, nice! I
1: just I just finished my first opera uh, just recently. Um, again, I loved the opportunity to tell a story. I will probably be writing another ballet in the near future. So um, that's not to say I don't enjoy writing sonatas or concertos or symphonies or whatever. I will do those as much as I can as well, but um, I like the bit, I like macro. I've, I've just, when I first started composing, I was so afraid to try to figure out how to write five minutes of music. You probably know how this feels, right? Like, how am yeah. I going to fill oh, yeah. five minutes of music? Sure. Can make that tempo slower so I can make it right. much longer. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: I've never but, done that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: 120 or 48? Let's go with 48. <laughs> um, but no, I love. The, the, the challenge of trying to figure out how to get all sorts of moving parts to, to all the gears to fit together. I like, I like that a lot. So,
0: oh, that's yeah. very cool. Yeah.
1: Those, are, those are, those are bucket lists, big, big storytelling ventures.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. Well, um, we, we try to have, uh, a little bit of practical, um, information come out of the, the podcast. So, um, in terms of um, in terms of like your writing space your studio or your office at home like uh, do you have any like any purchase of uh, hardware software anything like that that once you got it it like completely changed like your life or like you really super rely on it um, or something like that
1: I am embarrassing embarrassingly slow in catching up with the latest technology and inventions and all these sorts of things so you know there are a lot of composers who have the two or three screens and they got their scores like this and oh yeah sorry people can't see me but you know vertical and (laughs) huge um and i am very slow to the take on all that so uh, probably the best investment for me was just a large computer monitor so that i could see a a big score all at once even though it's not vertical it's it's Still horizontal at this point, but uh, that's been a big help for me. Um, And of course, a keyboard where I can play more than two notes at once. But um, (laughs) I'm terrible with playback. I haven't figured out all the the note mover or whatever that's called. Note whatever all those all the stuff that people do to have wonderful playback. Yeah, I am so so behind the times, and it drives me crazy. It's a rabbit Uh, hole
0: once you. Once you jump into that, that mess, it's, uh, it's easy to get, (laughs) it's easy to get lost. There's a lot. Are you, are you in that rabbit hole? I have gotten more into it the last few years since I started the, since I started the other podcast. And, um, I realized very quickly, it was going to be hard to get three hours of music recorded by live people every year. And I was going to have to get better at, um, at producing it at home. So, uh. Yeah, I would say every year I get a little bit better at it, but it's uh whew, if, if you're starting, you know, late in your career, because I'm an old man, um it, it it's it's a little tough. The learn it's a there's a learning curve. But you know, um I, I got some really good advice from a lot of people. And I was already doing um a lot of electroacoustic music. So, so it wasn't as though it was all foreign to me, but I had not done as much work trying to get the computer to really sound like, you know, a live orchestra or live musicians. So that was, um, that was, that was tricky. And I would say uh, it's a work in progress. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're ahead of me.
1: That's, that's my biggest drawback. It's actually pretty frustrating for me
0: at some point I needed to,
1: to spend some hours with somebody and sit down and say all right help me out here get me up to speed because that actually slows me down yeah um, but uh you know i make making do with what i got yeah so that's a bad answer to your question because i don't have other than my computer screen which everybody has these days um yeah that's I don't really, fine i don't yeah. re- i don't really have that thing but my i mean the i guess the big thing for me which is so commonplace now was when my father bought finale for me and
0: Mm, that was mm -hmm. when i was
1: you know i was like 23 at the time and that allowed me to be a self-published composer
0: Um, yeah sure but
1: that that was a game changer for me of course now it's everybody has it or something like it right for me it was uh brand new at that point
0: yeah i mean a lot of a lot of powerful tools out there for For sure for people like us well um (laughs) Do you ever do you ever have writer's block? Do you ever experience writer's block or have trouble uh, writing, being creative?
1: Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, but because I took that class called Adventures in Bad Music, where I had to <laughs> write a bad piece of music, I use I use that as a tool for better or for worse. Um, oh, okay. So when I get writer's block, I just write bad music. Um, and oh. yes, there's a there's a good joke there that anybody can make if they want. <laughs> um, but that is my quote-unquote trick is to just keep the wheels turning and keep keep writing um, yeah and what that does for me is it allows like if i'm looking at a blank page and i know mm-hmm. there's like eight bars of music i just need but it's not coming to me i'll just write something some filler right and i know i know that it's not going to be the final thing See, that's the thing a lot of at least when i was younger it took me a long time to realize that just because I put it on the computer screen doesn't mean it has to be the finished product. Right. You know, you see it there, and you're like, oh, well, there it is. It's in print. It's you know. Yeah. But it, you have the power to change it, right? That's the beauty of it. So exactly um, right. So a lot of times I will write music, put it in that spot, knowing that I can change it later,
0: and then I always do. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. I couldn't have survived during the like handwritten age, like there's no way I, I make too many changes all the time well, well um, you would
1: have you would have come up with a different solution though I, I don't think you would say that you wouldn't have survived you just would have figured something else out not, uh, i'm not saying you would have you would have stayed in music i'm just saying you would have i don't know I, i'd music, be a stage manager somewhere no you're, <laughs> just maybe your music would have been your music would have been different or something you know it would
0: yeah no it definitely would have been different yeah no i agree i agree with that well um other than music which um, obviously takes up a lot of time. Do you have any non-musical hobbies or, or things that you're interested in? Um, Sure. Let's see. I like to read,
1: um, but that's only a recent hobby. Um, okay. So I'm, I'm playing catch-up with all the books that I was supposed to read in high school, and I didn't. Sure. Catcher on so the Rye, properly. I did read that one, but... <laughs> uh, only cuz i had to
0: <laughs>
1: now i am um, shakespeare maybe so i i like so to Mark read
0: Hebert.
1: i but i read and i say this a lot too i read with the purpose of um seeing what authors are up to i like trying mm. to figure out you know how they're developing a story and yeah how they how they develop characters and how they you know, even use dialogue, It's just whatever, it fascinates me, and, and I'm like, well, how can I do that musically? You know, how can I develop my characters in a, in a piece of music, and stuff like right. that? Right, right. Um, how can I put a surprise twist in there? All those sorts sure. of things. So reading is one of them. Uh, I am relatively coordinated, so anything uh, sports-related, I enjoy either watching or playing. Um, so I'm a runner, I've, I've biked across the country, I've run a marathon and I've, but I also like sports that don't require that much heavy lifting, so to speak. And I like to play golf. Um, And I'm a sucker for bad movies and bad TV. Really? Well, not, not really, but like if I I love going to the movies because I can just turn my brain off and let somebody else do the work. Right. Just let them entertain me. Just sit there not worry about a thing drift off into never never land and let and, and go you know just kind of do that so um yeah and i like to i like to say a really bad pun on occasion <laughs> so if you keep me chatting you, you you might get one in the conversation if unless you're
0: uh puns you're, are going to come up maybe we'll see that's interesting my so wife puns says on watch I have,
1: I was just going to say one you missed. It. Oh, I'm sorry. I this, this is a puns in a lifetime opportunity.
0: It sure is. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Now
1: let's talk about your wife.
0: Hopefully no <laughs> one has to endure this more than once in a lifetime. Although I already said, but I'm going to ask you back. My my wife says I watch a lot of bad movies because I'm, I'm the same way. I, I feel like if I, if I put something on that I don't really get intellectually invested in that my brain sort of like relaxes and I, I don't know. I get into my creative flow that way. So she doesn't watch a lot of. I watch a lot of really, you know, grade B, middle of the night, you know, horror movies. You know, Uh, yeah, yeah. If there's a shark eating people on the beach, and he the shark flew there on a helicopter, like I'm probably in. I'm I'm probably watching that.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, let's face it. We're concentrating most of the day in what we do, right? So it's nice. It's nice just to. Watch a shark being flown in, on a, yeah, yeah, or in a tornado or something, whatever. Exactly right.
0: Whatever it happens to be, I'm, I'm, I'm in. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's that's great. I, I don't think my wife is wrong, but I, I enjoy them all the same. Um. Okay. Well, um, it's, uh, it's that time. It's time for the ten secret questions. We're already there. Yeah, the ten secret questions. We're oh, there. man. We're okay. There. I'm. I'm all nervous. Um, uh, you have to embrace the frivolity of the ten secret okay. questions, and and some people, you know, tend to elaborate. Some people tend to go straight to it, and okay. um, and some people um, uh, pass. <laughs> 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 all, all all of that is fine. There's no shaming for passing on a difficult question here at the end. That okay? That's meaningless. Okay, all so right. um, we start off with a couple of softballs. All okay. right? we'll, we'll go right down the plate. A few like like uh, what do they call it? Batting practice throws uh, well, to start I, off with.
1: I I used to play in a softball league, so this should be
0: okay. This I is going to should... be great for you. So, so uh, what is your favorite food? Favorite food? Huh? You think that's a softball? I think it is, I, but then again, I'm a I, I'm a middle aged fat guy, so I you know,
1: it's you easy are for not. me. Um,
0: yeah, I'm, I'm almost middle aged. French fries. Ooh, that's a good choice. Yeah, I
1: mean, it's not. It, but is that really a food?
0: Uh, <laughs> is a potato <laughs> a vegetable? <laughs> uh, you know, I don't
1: know. My friend, my friends know that I'm a sucker for French fries, and I often will text them if I'm traveling. If I find a decent French fry, I will send a picture to them. So I got to say, the French fry.
0: Are you a dipper? Do you dip them in something or do you just go like straight in? No, I mean, I do
1: do like them salty. And yeah, I have dipped them in ketchup, but that's not my go-to. It's usually like the ones that they've deep fried and a ton of grease and they still got the skins on them and they're nice and salty and they're a little crispy, but soft in the middle. Mm. Mm. Okay. I'm going to go get some as soon as we're done.
0: You have a, you have Uh, a favorite French fry place in Chicago. You have a place that's like, this is where I go. This is my place. Well, We are planning on
1: seeking that out and doing like a trip to discover the best French fries, but we live North of the city. We're about 40 minutes North of Chicago. And this little town we live in does happen to have a place that has French fries to die for. So might have to go there.
0: All right. Season two. We'll do the, we'll do the show on location next year. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, sounds good. Well, see, you already like you've lived in Florida and you've lived in you're from Chicago, so that's two of my favorite places. But do you have a favorite vacation spot other than those two places? Someplace you like to go? Well,
1: let's see. Uh, for several years, I was fortunate enough to be a part of a music festival in St. Bart's in the Caribbean. Oh, um, so that you, know, you may not call that a vacation because I had to play my trumpet, but. Um, everybody there was just like, Oh man, we got a concert tonight. I want to stay on the beach. It's an absolutely <laughs> glorious, glorious part of the world. It's beautiful. Um, mm. I love Europe. I love Australia. I love, I haven't gotten to Norway yet. I want to go to Norway. Mm. Uh, yeah. I mean, like we went to Ireland last summer. That was pretty darn amazing. Nice. But usually, usually, it's, um, kind of about the people that kind of make the place. So Yeah. Uh you know, it's like you go somewhere and the memories are built based upon the experiences you've had with people. I I am not somebody who ever goes and sits on a beach and calls that a great vacation. It's usually about who I'm hanging out with on that beach. So
0: I love that. Kinda, that's great. That's great. But well, people want to hang out with you. That's the deal. Um maybe how about uh here we go another softball we'll take it back down another softball favorite color you have favorite color i'm wearing it blue what do you got there blue like yeah
1: pretty blue if you were to look in my closet you'd see a lot of blue
0: a lot of blue see i'm a green person i I wear a lot of green so there we go we are wearing our colors today yeah yeah Yeah, we are yeah That just worked out like that. Okay, this is a tough one. People have a hard time with this question, I think, but I think it's an important question to answer. If there were a boxing match between Frank Kelly and John Mackey, who who do you think wins? That's a terrible question. It's a great question, <laughs> and I can't stop thinking about it. And um, and it's amazing how people answer it, who they, who they think is going to go. I'm going with th- Frank. Frank's you gonna win Frank.
1: because
0: he, he's he's taller. Oh, that's true.
1: Yeah, he does. He's got a height advantage. I mean he has a high, which means that he has a longer reach. Yeah. Which means that and if you have a longer reach, that just means that there's more power because of physics, right? Right. So, right. so if, if if he were to connect, um and he's he's not a lot older, but he's a little bit older than John. So he's also got a little bit more wisdom just with wise with years. Just because he's been around longer. Right? yeah that's nothing nothing against anybody it's just a fact right. of life if somebody's around longer they might yeah. have more wisdom so um I'm going with Frank um okay that.
0: that's a Frank we're gonna tally these all up at the end of the the first season here and we're gonna see who actually wins and then maybe in the Midwest or something we can have we can host a match one year I don't know okay we'll, we'll, we'll try it out I I'd have to get them to agree I don't know I think a lot of people would show up I feel like they would too. I yeah. felt like I might get I might get run out of town, but,
1: but now is know. this like Ultimate I'm, Fighting or is it boxing rules? Like, I don't know. I haven't
0: really thought about it much. You know, it's, this is a frivolous question. I didn't put much thought into them really. Yeah, I
1: mean, because John might have an advantage if other
0: rules are allowed. Because if it was like a cage match, then I feel yeah. like I feel like it might tilt to Mackie. because I, mean, I feel I like, like he would just climb the walls and he would be hanging from the rafters and stuff. You know. I, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I'd maybe I ought to reframe the question.
1: And 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 whose music is being played during the match? Um, gosh, I yeah, uh, uh,
0: Carol Husa, probably.
1: Well, no, it has to be one of theirs. But maybe like as as the as the match tilts one way or another, like
0: they like their music comes up and out. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah like, exactly. Like yeah. it shifts. That's how yeah. we can tell who's winning. Yeah. Like if you, you hear vesuvius,
1: vesuvius, you vesuvius and then you start hearing wine dark sea you know all those sort of things you know see. who's you know who's winning <laughs> or no no what you, are the, what's the one
0: with all the percussion that john wrote the, the all of, all of them you, you hear the trombone glisses you know that Mackie's winning <laughs> if you yeah yeah if you hear the horn rips that's that's frank <laughs> um see that, that ended up being a great question i don't know what you're talking about um <laughs> if um, so I'll ask you this, and maybe this is an easy answer, but maybe maybe not. Some people struggle. If if um, if you weren't a composer, weren't a trumpet player, um, is there another profession you could see yourself doing? Baseball player. Oh, baseball! Yeah. When when I was a kid, I wanted to be a baseball
1: player so bad, so much so that even when I got like I'd gotten into an orchestra and I was twenty one, twenty two, I was like, maybe there's still time. Yeah, that's how much I. That's how much I thought about it. And I was for sure like if re- reincarnation was a thing, I was always like, I want to be a baseball player. When baseball. I come
0: back. Yeah. You, you'd be a dual threat though, because you could play the national anthem and then you could go pitch. You said if I wasn't a trumpet player. Mm, I did. Yeah, I did say that. Yeah. So wow. I'd be
1: only, I'd be one threat.
0: I should listen to my own question. <laughs> that's that's no. crazy. I, um, I love
1: the reason. The reason I love that is I love any sport. I love anything, and this includes composing, which happens in slow motion. But I love anything where it's only re- like you go by instinct, right? Sure. So if you're yeah. if you're in the batter's box, you don't know where the balls coming, you just have to react.
0: Right. Right. So I
1: like anything that's like that.
0: I think it's a great question. If I had if I had any speed at all or could catch a ball in the air, I think I would like playing baseball. Well,
1: what what's your answer to that question?
0: me oh Lord I, uh well really honestly I feel like if I um I feel like if I wasn't a composer I feel like I would have like a radio show oh because I, yeah, okay. cause I feel like I'm good at just talking to people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and mostly about nonsense but I feel like that's kind of mostly what's on the what's on the radio you start the show hey it's Jason it's three o'clock in the afternoon what are you doing let's let's have some callers and then the caller talks right. You know, and then you're just like, yeah, you just say like, no, you know what? I think you think you should wait a couple hours to mow your grass and here's why. Mm-hmm. And then like, that's, that's like a 15 minute segment right there. And then you're kicking it to an advertiser. I feel like, you, I feel like I could do that. And I don't, I don't think I'd have to prepare at all. I thought like you yeah. could just show up and, and talk.
1: Well, okay. So I hope that in our next lives that you interview me on the radio when I talk about baseball.
0: Maybe I could be a baseball announcer on the side.
1: Maybe, and we're chat right now. We're chatting about why I'm in a slump and what yeah. I do to get out of my. How do I get out of my current slump? And um, you know, why you're I gonna play have for to the think Cubs about this. Today.
0: Yeah, I mean, oh, well, if you're a they, cub, I don't know if I could interview you. I think. Uh, well, but I, I, I left. I, the, do, yeah. I left the Astros to play for the Cubs. Oh, then I definitely couldn't. You're you're on the dead to me board then. Yeah, but I mean, it'd be so
1: it'd be so interesting because you would hate me so much.
0: That's true. Yeah. So maybe it would be great
1: <laughs> because I'd probably be like,
0: so why are you in this slump that is so well deserved because of your, you know, treacherous, you know, right. Leaving of yeah. my my glorious team. Yeah. That's true. You know what? Um, we may have to actually do that just because just to get it out of the way. Season three. <laughs> we'll, season three, we do uh, interviews in our alter egos. While eating French fries. While eating French fries, I'm gonna to have to go on the search for a good French fry now. Well, um, okay. Um, oh, this is an easy question too. How'd this get on the list? Do you have a favorite time of day that you write? You have a time that you write, like you're a morning person. You like writing at night, or? Yeah, I'm, I can't write at night. I'm I'm best at like eight in the morning. Oh wow,
1: really? I, I'm putting I'm putting best in quotes like I don't <laughs> want to. I'm just saying that's 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 when I get. <laughs> my mo- my most work done is between yeah. eight and twelve for sure
0: that's interesting. I used to be a stay up super late insomniac kind of guy, and now i'm I' flipped now I'm a get up early yeah i'm I'm up at six or whatever and i and I try to write during the summer before everybody before the house wakes up get maybe an hour or two in before people start bothering me for breakfast and rides to places and whatever for sure, yep. yeah yeah. That actually it was feels, a good question. And it feels
1: it feels good, right? Like
0: Yeah, yeah. And then I like the whole day I feel like I've done something and I'm not thinking, oh my gosh, when all this settles down, I can finally go to work. But then sometimes I do go back to it at night, but it's much more I feel like I'm much more productive because I've already gotten a, a head start. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Totally.
0: Yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um are
1: are you a dog or a cat person? Oh, I'm gonna anger so many of your listeners right now. not sure if i should go on or not you can pass well if i um i've had a dog uh pretty much my entire married life which is almost 30 years um but i'm not a dog person not a cat person either i don't that's interesting I, i i it's not that i don't like animals i just um um I'm not all cuddly with them like so many people are. Sorry. Sorry.
0: No. Yeah. I mean, really I, sorry for everybody.
1: We have I two understand. dogs, right? We have two dogs. And I, as soon as we're done here, I have to go walk them, but. Um, oh, well, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's
1: it's, so I apologize to anybody who thinks that we should all be dog or cat lovers.
0: You're fine. You, you are allowed to, to not like either of them. It's not that I don't like them. I just, they don't, you know i don't live or die by the by rather be in a cubs
1: game maybe yeah
0: maybe okay last uh last one um so we gotta, we gotta think about this hard also i think somebody's looking at my house right now which so this is going to get interesting okay all right um is the, Quick. what's a what's a lie that you could tell about yourself that that would be totally believable
1: well, nobody's ever asked me that question how much I, I know to it's up? a great um, question you want to think about it and we can talk about it next year uh i once hiked the appalachian trail
0: see i would believe that you you biked across the u.s or whatever if you said that i'd be like oh yeah yeah that seems right yeah no problem yeah. <laughs> so one,
1: of the, one of those is true i biked across the country and i hiked the appalachian trail
0: Maybe I should change that so let's do you know whatever what is it two truths and a lie and let's see what, what mm, people come yeah, up yeah. with maybe that would be better Well um well, well Jim I uh I appreciate you taking some time to chat with me I hope everybody enjoyed listening um uh, to you not to me nobody enjoys the sound of my voice but hopefully they got That's a lot out of out of you Not true Stop. Um thank you We will uh we will watch for you at all the various places and uh, look forward to hearing uh, more of your stuff. Where can everybody find you out on the socials and in the web and things like that when they're looking for your, uh, for your music, where can they find you? Uh,
1: pretty much. If you ever Google composer, Jim, uh, you'll find me because that is my website. That's my email address. That's my name and that's what I do. So um, composer, is my um, website and then uh, your, I think Composer Jim is my Twitter, my Instagram. I don't know. It's just kind of who I am. I somehow yeah. grabbed that before before anybody else did.
0: Yeah, you did it smart. Yours are all the same. Mine are all just a little bit different. And it annoys me because I, I can't remember. And yeah, people ask me. I'm like, I don't know. They're linked on the website. Just go find them. But the one confusing thing about me
1: is that I'm James Stevenson in print. So everybody thinks I'm James, but I'm actually oh. James. Yeah, so that's, the, that's a confusing thing about me. I'm sorry.
0: There's no short form of up? Jason. There oh, isn't. Comes all, yeah,
1: comes up I mean, all the time. I mean, do people
0: ever meet you and you're like, hi, I'm Jim, and they're like, oh, do you know James? Like,
1: It's more that people just come up to me and say, hey, James, and I'm like, "Nah, I'm Jim. Oh. Don't
0: call me James. <laughs> no. I see. You know, my, my college roommate used to tell me that when I got famous, I should go by my my middle name, which is Kyle, and that should be J. Kyle Ninch. And he okay. said, That's, that sounds more like fancy composerly and I said, well uh no, we're not gonna do that. I mean I
1: know what I know where the, your roommate was getting at because like my name is so American blah sounding it, it's like it's yeah so not it's so not composerly so uh, you don't think okay. it's composerly I think it's composerly Jim Stevenson well, yeah I don't know yeah yeah okay well absolutely you you just changed my mind. <laughs> I feel so much lighter. That. So much changing, I feel so much better.
0: Changing hearts and minds all over the internet. Well, <laughs> uh well, Jim, it's been great fun. I uh, I enjoyed our conversation. I hope that you did too. And um I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking this time with me. And we'll see you soon somewhere. Probably at
1: Midwest or something like that, I would imagine.
0: Probably at Midwest. Hopefully I and, can fly. By uh,
1: then. Oh. We didn't talk about that.
0: Well, that's because nobody's interviewing me. I, I I do the interviewing of all the other people. Nobody nobody asks me about stuff. I got to go on why somebody else's
1: podcast. To, I know you you got somebody looking at your house, but why
0: can't you fly? Uh, I, I've got uh, I'm dealing with a little blood clot situation. All right. So uh, I'm on the no fly list uh, for just a little bit, but I think uh, it's uh, it's fine. So I, I think okay. I'm gonna be fine by December. All right. So all right. I'll tell you about it in Chicago. We'll have a. Uh, We'll have those uh, those really good, like, French toast things at the Eleven City Diner. That's my jam. All right.
1: Thank you French to driver? Daniel
0: Montoya years ago for taking me there. Oh, nice. And all now right. I go. I go all the time. It's my favorite place. Uh, They're wow. not a paid advertiser. That's just a free thing. If you're in <laughs> Chicago, Eleven City Diner on Wabash, tell them that Jason and James sent you, and they'll look at you <laughs> funny. <laughs> and so... Uh, yeah, yeah, no, we'll tell you all about it when uh, when we're in Chicago. I will see you in Chicago. I've got a I've got a premiere. That's the piece I've got to finish by uh, Saturday. Oh, that's <laughs> it's my awesome! Mid- my Midwest piece, so um, very good. Congratulations, we'll get that done.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah no, thank you. It's it's always it's always a great time. So uh, anyway, uh, enjoy your. We're I, this won't release then, but well, I'll say happy Fourth of July anyway because we're recording it right before that,
1: and yep, um, for sure. and uh, and we'll see you soon. Good luck with your move and everything surrounding that and uh thank oh, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for making time for me amidst your
0: busy crazy life right now. So No, it's good great, it's great to chat. We'll we'll do it again sometime. Composer chats brought to you by SCM Media. Is your audience dead? Bring it back to life. And thanks to my guest this week, and thank you for listening. Don't forget to watch for next week's episode with the next composer on my list. And you can find my other podcasts, Beyond the Belt, Adventures from the Outer Rim, a sci-fi drama, anywhere that podcasts are streamed, listen free. Seasons one through three are out now. You can find me on Instagram at jasonnitch.composer. You can find me on threads at jasonnitch.composer. You can find me on the Facebooks, if you're old like me, jasonknitch.com. You can find me on the web at jasonnich.com or at beyondthebeltpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.